Good morning and welcome back to the Hip Bodies podcast. I am your host, Chelsea Pleasant. Now, I am recording this on Monday once again. I just have to accept that sometimes it gets recorded on Monday. I totally wanted to do it last night with Cameron because Cameron has some really good updates. He was actually in a little, I guess you could say, diet bed of his own over the last month. And so I wanted him to share his update, but I'll just share it for you. Uh, he he didn't win. The way they did it was so much more competitive. There was only one winner. If you know, okay, hold on, wait, I got to pause. If you're new here and you're wondering what the Hip Bodies podcast is, Hip Bodies is a workout group that I started back in 2017 and I work out live every day. And so it's truly like we're workout buddies. And so part of that is the girl talk, the life updates, that kind of stuff, right? And of course, like I try to be like the motivational trainer as well. I'm not like, to be honest, like I feel like I'm not very good at that, but I do my best. And so the podcast is just an extension of that. And so I try to work in some helpful stuff, some girl talk, just a little bit of everything. Okay. Okay. So that's what the podcast is. Anyway, back to Cameron's little update. I'm just going to give you my summary of it. So his, he's a part of like a workout group. It's called F3. You can look it up. It's like a men's, let me see, F3, F3. It stands for fitness, fellowship, and faith. It's like a men's like free workout group. They just meet up in a parking lot and work out together. And like, it's a thing. Like, I think they have things everywhere, um, but it's just like a peer led workout group. Now coming from a trainer, it like makes me cringe what they do. Cause they like, it's peer led. So none of them are like, I don't know. I, I don't even want to say like qualified, but just like warm up, man, stretch at the end, man. Um, they're like working out on concrete and they're all like middle aged. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a little painful, but anyway, all this to say, they did this thing where they weighed in and whoever lost the most percentage, it was very biggest loser, right? Whoever lost the most percentage, they just had first and second place would win the pot. Okay. So I think they each put in like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks, something like that. So the pot was pretty significant, right? Cause it's a fairly large workout group, but, uh, Cameron did not win, but he did really good. Like he, he still lost like, I don't know, six or seven pounds or something. So I, I was proud of him. He did really good, especially considering like how off the rails he went like a couple times, like my husband, when it comes to like snacky foods after I go to bed, I, I for a long time, it was like a dirty secret of his. And I don't, not that I like care, you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to be like, don't eat that. Right. But the truth is for me, I only like indulging in food with someone. It's like not enjoyable for me to eat alone. You know, it's a very, like if I'm going to like stay up late and have snacks and whatever, I want to do it with someone. So if my husband's going to bed, I'm just going to go to bed. But my husband's like, oh good, you're going to bed. I'm going to bust out every possible snack, maybe even run to Taco Bell. Like he, it's crazy. He just, he becomes a different person at night. Um, so there was that he had like there, if there's chips, that's the other thing about my husband chips. Okay. I'm not a chip girl. Like I love making nachos. Don't get me wrong. Nachos are delicious. But as far as like a bag of chips, I'm just not remotely tempted unless I have a, like a substantial dip. You know what dip I love? French onion dip with ruffles. Would I ever eat a plain ruffle? No, not remotely tempted, but a ruffle dipped in sour cream, like French onion dip. Yes, please. Like absolutely. Isn't that interesting? So yeah, anyway, my husband, if there's 
any type of chip, like a bag of chips opened in the house he, and a weekend night is approaching, it's going to be gone the first weekend night. It's crazy. Like he just, he cannot help himself. It's just those snacky foods. And he's always been that way. So yeah, anyway, he went off the rails, but he, I, I'm like, I, I, I'm really proud of him because he, I really feel like he resisted those urges many times and he's slowly making more progress. Cause like, I think the, the biggest thing is the man needs more sleep. The man needs to not stay up so late, but it's so extreme for him. He either goes to bed so early because he's so exhausted. Like he hardly got any sleep. So he goes to bed when the kids go to bed at like 7 PM. Right. But then what happens is he wakes up at like 11 PM and then can't sleep or like one or two or something like that. And then that's it. And that's like all the sleep he got. Right. And then he's even more tired the next night. And then it turns into a vicious cycle of that. But then on the other end of the spectrum, he stays up till one or two in the morning and then has to get up at like five or six. Right. And then he's really tired if he does that. And I'm like, what if, what if you just like held on and went to bed at like nine? That could be perfect. (laughs) That could be perfect. But you know how it is when like, the wife suggests it, right? So I want to know where do you fall? Are you more of a Cameron where you kind of struggle to have like a normal sleep pattern? Or are you more like me where it's like, I'm going to go to bed. I, like, I, I got to tell you, if my friend Jen can like vouch for this, if I stay up past 10, I am pissed. I am like, I need to be in bed. I, what am I doing? This is a waste of precious rest and relaxation that my body needs. My body's craving, you know, but I, but in the morning, I don't feel that way. Like if I wake up at five in the morning, I'm like, Ooh, let me curl up. Let me grab my coffee. The house is quiet. I love like the way an early morning hits with solitude is like, I'm sure the way late nights hit for my husband. I am such an early bird, like an old lady, early bird. So anyway, that's my husband's update. Let me give you my update because it is October 2nd at the time of recording this. So 10 pounds September is over and I didn't quite hit 10 pounds, but dang it, I did really good and I'm proud of myself. I hit, um, I hit seven pounds, which is funny because that's exactly where I was last week. I'm shocked that I didn't make more progress this week, but whatever it is what it is. I know I killed it and I know it's coming. So I'm like, whatever it's we're we're good. Okay. Um, but more importantly, I want to just think about the checklist. Cause I really, I see my clients just out there killing it and I'm so proud of them. And I'm seeing everybody, like everybody who really committed to the checklist is seeing fantastic results and I'm so proud of them. And so I just, I want to share this checklist in case you don't already know it. Okay. So obviously hip bodies workouts is one of the items on the checklist. Okay. The way I structure these workouts, it's primarily strength training with a splash of cardio. Okay. I don't need to get into it. Like the way I write my workouts, the way I encourage people to work out, it's going to be to maximize your metabolism, keep your hormones happy, not put your body under massive stress. And they're not crazy long. They're 30 to 45 minutes long. Okay. Some days shorter, some days longer, like but that's, that's the range. Okay. Um, the next one is going to be, it was low carb. Okay. This is a tough one for people. And I don't say like you have to eat low carb because I have other options on the hip bodies website. I have other nutrition approaches, but I just felt like for me personally, what I believe 
is going to help people maximize their success and maximize what they can accomplish in one month and really accelerate their progress, it's low carb. And so I encourage that. And I'm really impressed with, I saw some people take on low carb who I never thought would give it a shot and they saw amazing progress. So I share everything I eat on this Instagram broadcast channel. It used to be called 10 pounds September. I changed it to just everything I eat. So, so that's what it is. Um, but if you need ideas, you can check that Instagram broadcast channel out. And then if you do join hit bodies on Sundays, I send out an email every week with basically like my game plan. Like, here's what I'm going to be making. This is what I'm going to do and how I'm setting myself up for success. So there's that. I don't know if you know, any of that's helpful. You don't have to eat low carb. Obviously, if you do join hit bodies, there's like different, there's other approaches that I think are really awesome. I just really do encourage you to give one of the approaches a shot because the the thing is, is like a lot of people try to like kind of pick and choose rules from each different thing and try to come up with their own plan. And sure you can, and you might see success, but like, please keep in mind, I've been doing this for like a decade and I've seen what like the, the three nutrition approaches that I have are there because I believe they're going to help you see the most success. Okay. Does it mean you have to be perfect a hundred percent of the time? No, there are 21 meals in a week. If you eat three meals a day, seven days a week, I think you should have the fun one. (laughs) I think you should have a whatever one. Don't go off the rails, right? Like don't just like, don't make it count for like six meals. Right. But like, just enjoy yourself, take a mental break for one meal a week and you're gonna be fine. You're going to continue making progress. That's still amazing. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's the like low carbs, the next one. And then a hundred ounces of water a day, stay hydrated. Duh. Right. Um, sober sobriety is like so important. And I, I feel like I've talked about it so many times on this podcast and like, I can get like angry, passionate, and then I try to get like motivational, passionate. But the truth is like, if you have weight loss goals, it just doesn't make sense to include it in your diet. And if that sounds impossible to not include it in your diet, then maybe you need to just reflect like do I have an addiction to this? And I'm serious. Like, I know that like sounds extreme. There are certain things to be addicted to that aren't going to like harm your life. But the fact is like, like for example, okay, let's say like I, I, I'll be real. I can't imagine my life without chocolate chip cookies. I have zero interest in writing off chocolate chip cookies for the rest of my life. But no matter how much I eat chocolate chip cookies, it, no binge of chocolate chip cookies could result in my brain being different. So do you know what I'm saying? Like it's a neurotoxin. Okay. So like there's, there's just a lot there where it's like, if you really can't imagine giving it up, then maybe just think about it and think about like, okay, maybe I should start doing some more research on this. There's this really good book called Alcohol Explained. And I recommend reading it just to like better understand what it's doing in your body, how it's affecting your body, how it's affecting your brain, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Alcohol explained. I just need to double check. That's, that is what it's called. Yeah. So that's the next one, sobriety, sober. And from a weight loss perspective, it slows down your metabolism. It prevents your body from burning fat while your body is like working through it. There's just longevity. Like, Hey, if you want to like look younger, I highly recommend staying sober. You know, there's just a lot that goes into it. Okay. And your brain is in my opinion, the most important part of your body. Like you can still live an amazing life if you lost a finger, right? If you lost like all these different things, right? 
but your brain is like how you experience joy and like all these things like don't you want to just like take really good care of your brain I know for like I do I want to feel things you know the good the bad the ugly I want to you know it makes you more appreciate I don't know it's okay I'll stop I'll stop okay let's move on let's move on what's the next one um did I already say 100 ounce water yeah speaking of hold on I need to drink some water Okay, the last one is 10,000 steps a day. So the truth is, this is the one that I really need to be more intentional about this month. I need to set aside time to freaking walk more. Um, and this, it, it just really goes to show how sedentary my life is. <laughs> but this time of year is could not be more perfect. I mean, it's like just the most pleasant weather. It's beautiful. So I'm really making a concerted effort to get my butt up and walk more uh, for the next month. So I probably hit that goal like 50% of the time last month. And so I'm really going to make a concerted effort to make that more like 90 to 100% of the time for this upcoming month. But it's one of those things like you can't put it off, right? Like you can't like miss the things that help you get there early on. You know, it can't be like 6 p.m. and you're like, oh no, I only have 2,000 steps a day and you're going to just get 8,000 by bedtime. You know what I mean? Especially when you have small kids to put to bed and like once they're in bed, like maybe you can't go anywhere, whatever. Like it's, yeah. And like now, well, that's the other thing too. It's like getting darker earlier. Sometimes I could be like my, after I got Casey to bed, my husband could put Kevin to bed and I could just go on a walk while he did that. But now it's getting darker earlier. Mm, I'm not a girl that goes on a walk in the dark. I don't know. Call me crazy. Maybe, maybe it's my reading. I don't know. So anyway, I'm going to continue with these checklist items because I really feel like they're maximizing my progress. My goal, as I've kind of mentioned before, is to um, hit, be at my goal weight, so to speak, by Thanksgiving. I want to sit at the Thanksgiving dinner table being like, I'm done. I can chill. I can chill for this holiday season. And maybe like your goal is somewhere that you couldn't get there by then. And I just want to say like, that's okay. You can still chill out for the holiday season. And I, and I do like also FYI, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and your work Christmas party, that's four days out of like a handful of months, right? Like, again, you can fully enjoy those experiences without any rules or regulations or whatever, and still make fantastic progress during that time. You know what I mean? I, it's just, we sometimes get in our heads like, oh, I simply cannot. I simply cannot work out and eat healthy during the holidays. You can. It doesn't have to be on those holidays or like during the work Christmas party. Like if, if there's one thing about me, if there is a Christmas party or a brunch or like something I'm invited to, I am eating what I want. Like that's just how I roll. But I don't drink. And I... That's just, yeah, but I, I know that I'm unpopular, I know, but I just, like, I'm still, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I have been reading, as you know, I got a Kindle and I'm like a whole new woman. So I've read like a lot of books now. Like I've read, I don't know, I've, I haven't even had my Kindle a month and I probably read like 10 books and some I've loved, some I haven't loved, but like I'm always entertained, you know, and that's something that's just really nice. Like it... I'm like pitching reading to you guys right now and I don't get anything for this. I just I just need you to know like what it's done for me. So first off, I didn't think I could read and enjoy it. And I really think the Kindle has made that easier because it's very easy to hold. Like I do have some like paperback books, right? And like I still read them, but like something about like having to turn the page and like hold it open. I don't know. It's like inconvenient, especially if you're like nursing a baby to sleep or something like that, right? 
But the Kindle, it's like, you know, it's just this a little object. It fits in my back pocket, but it's like bigger than a phone. I know that sounds weird. Maybe it's, maybe I have big butt pockets on my pants. I don't know. But like I can carry it around the house. I can pop it in my purse, like whatever. So like I get to preschool pick up early. I can like read a little bit until, you know, you know, for like five, 10 minutes and like some interesting stuff happens. Okay. So I, it was like, I would say last week I was like, okay, this, this is like gotten bad. Like my reading addiction is too much, but like it's chilled out this last week. And I, yeah, like I feel like I have a more normal relationship with reading right now, but I'm still like, I'm excited about it and I want to keep going. And I'm, I, I still feel like, why do I feel so accomplished when I finish a book? Like, "Mm, look at me, I'm better than you. That's like in my, I don't really think I'm better than anyone, but like I'm better than the old me because I finished a book, you know? But in reality, like, why don't I feel that way when I binge a Netflix series? Like I've in, like I've actually accomplished less because like when I'm reading, I cannot multitask. I can only read like a hundred percent of my focus is on the reading, which you know, I can nurse a baby. That's about it. Right. But yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. I've just been thinking about it. Like, is this a good habit or is it not? I can't decide, but it's bringing me a lot of joy right now. I've read a combination of like basically romance novels, like romance, young adult, that kind of thing. And uh, thrillers. So where I'm landing right now, I don't mind a thriller, but like, I'm going to give you the review of this one book. So like this book is called Never Lie and I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Okay. It, it maybe it's not a spoiler in that it's giving away what happens, but it's just like, you're not gonna be able to predict what happens. And this is where, this is my issue with books. And so I'm curious if anybody else out there understands. So like to me, when I read like a psychological thriller or something, when, when the twists and turns and the whatever at the end happens, I want to be able to be like, Oh, what did I miss earlier on in the book? And in this book, I just felt like it was inconsistent. Like the beginning and the end, I'm like, I just feel like you kind of lied like you just like didn't, you know what I mean? Like it just, it didn't make sense that that's what happened because, and if anyone's read that book, you'll understand where I'm coming from. So anyway, I don't mind a thriller. I don't mind it. Um, but something about, <laughs> this is really weird. Reading them by myself makes me more scared. Like I'm the only one taking in this information. Maybe my husband's like doing, you know, whatever. And it's like nighttime and it's like scary. I, I don't know. But like this, so this Never Lie book, I had heard wonderful things about it. So I actually read it out loud to Cameron. I know it's so weird, but we went on a little road trip this weekend to Raleigh. And so while we were in the car, the kids were like sleeping and stuff. So I just read the book out loud. And so Cameron could like hear the book too. I know I could have just done an audio book, but like whatever. I didn't have the audio book. I had the this on my Kindle. So I read it. And he kind of agreed where he was like, yeah, like I feel like it was, I would have never saw it coming because I had none of that information and what she provided completely contradicted what actually happened. Like that's where we were at. But anyway, reading it, it was kind of a scary book, but like it didn't feel as scary because I read it with him. You know, like I felt like he was with me. I just that make sense. I don't know if I make any sense. But anyway, I've started a new book and this new book I'm reading is like spicy. Um, I love, I, I like a spicy book. Okay. I'm not going to go into detail here, but like, I just think like, you know, if you're in that postpartum or you're just in a lull in your marriage and you need some inspo, I think reading spicy novels 
it's a thing. Okay. So anyway, this book I'm reading now, I'm pretty sure it's like going to be like pure spice. Like, like it's basically like a 50 shades of gray kind of vibe. Um, it's called collide by I think Gail McHugh. And this was recommended by one of my clients. I'm not going to, I'm not going to out her right now. Um, but yeah, like it's okay. It's giving, it's giving. So in the book world, they call it smut. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, I don't know if you care about that, but they call it like a, it's a smutty book. I don't know. I don't know what that like stands for. I don't know why they call it that, but yeah, I'm going to move on in case you're like listening near your kids. Okay. Anywho, my reading addiction is like at a more normal pace at the moment. I feel like I just got really excited about it in the beginning and now I'm like, I can watch TV again. Like I can have a little bit more balanced relationship with hobbies. So that's good. The next thing I was going to talk to you guys about was selling our rental home. So I told you guys a little bit last week about this like personal finance decision we've made. And the truth is I'm just feeling so emotional about the decision because I think selling a home is always emotional and I almost always regret it. (laughs) And Cameron and I actually had this thing where we were like, we're never going to sell a house, right? Like we're never going to sell a house. Just hold on to it. Like play a game of Monopoly, right? Like buy, buy, buy. But with what we're doing, it's like our money is going to work harder with this investment that we're moving toward, right? So it's like, it's going to make sense to do this. And the property taxes on that property are a little high because it's in the city limit. So like there's city taxes and it's just, it makes sense. Okay. In every way, shape and form, it makes sense to sell. We don't want to move into that house. It's not particularly convenient to like grocery stores we like to go to. So I mean, I don't know. And see, I'm like, I can feel myself talking myself out of it right now. Like I can feel like, is it the right decision? And I'm like, I'm doubting myself. Like, I'm like, maybe we should move back into that house. I don't know. Like, right. So anyway, it's this emotional decision. Um, my husband stopped by the house this morning with our realtor, our tenants, they're not going to be moving out until we, so yeah, whatever you guys know, you guys, I'm assuming you're caught up. If you didn't hear, you can listen to last week's episode for more of the details, but uh, yeah, it's just, what is it about like homes? For me, I struggle so much with moving and like closing a chapter. Like I struggle so hard with it. And I, and I hate that. I hate that about myself. I'm like, it's, it shouldn't be such an emotional decision, but it is. And I don't know why is it, is it because like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, guys. Right. It's going to be okay. We're making the right decision. Like I've laid out the logic on a piece of paper and it's like, it's a no brainer what we're doing, but it's still hard. Let's move on. Let's move on. I just wanted to tell you guys I was feeling emotional about that. So the next thing is the mountains. So this is like kind of in relation to the whole like emotional about selling our home. Like I I love having like a project, like a new thing we're working on as a family. And so for us, I have always wanted, not always, actually let, let me be honest here. Okay, this this goes way back. So back when I was, I grew up in Washington, like near Seattle, okay? Like halfway between Seattle and Tacoma, if you know where that is. And I could see Mount Rainier from my bedroom window. Like everyone could, you can't miss it from like, and there's like hills everywhere. And it's like, it's pretty. I grew up, I, in junior high, I remember we had ski club. I don't know if you guys have that at your school, but like 
Friday nights, I could take a bus and go skiing with all my friends, skiing and snowboarding. And it was so fun, so fun. And I like took lessons and I legitimately, it was so normalized that I thought everywhere you go, everywhere you live, because even on TV, they talk about like going to the mountains, going to the mountains, right? So like, to me, I thought everybody had mountains nearby. It wasn't until I moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, that I realized, oh my goodness, this is so flat. There isn't even a hill. The only hill is like, it's a man-made hill because it's a bridge. You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. What is, this is not, this is not pretty. Like, I can't, like, I, in Seattle, you can go to these beautiful places and, like, overlook the whole city. And it's just breathtaking. And it's like a park, right? Like, it's not like, you know, a a building. Like, in Wilmington, if you want to overlook, you got to go in a building, right? So, yeah, I, um... Oh, since I've moved here, I moved here in 2018. I really haven't like gone back to Washington or anything like that. I've been on like, I've been to Florida, to Disney World, and been to Cancun. That's like the only places like I've left to since I moved here. And I've really missed the mountains. So I've been craving it over the last few years. And I've, I've gotten like more seriously about, more serious about craving it recently. And so we finally booked a trip to the mountains and we're going to go this weekend. And I'm like so flipping excited. But um, that's kind of in my heart. I feel like letting go of this emotional chapter of like holding on to this house, it's going to free up some of the capital to potentially take something on in the mountains. And I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if it's like we buy a piece of land and then maybe we build something, or is it going to be like finding some cool cabins or like some, you know, like a fixer upper? I don't know. I don't know, but I really want that to be where we go next. I think I want to challenge myself to fall in love with North Carolina because the truth is I think it is like a hidden gem. And I've realized now like I want my children to be like so proud of where they're they're, they're from. As an adult now, I'm actually really proud of where I'm from in Washington. I think Washington is a beautiful state and I think I took it for granted growing up. But I want to help my children like grow up with like a sense of pride where they're from. And I want them to really experience the state. And um, I love my parents dearly, but I don't feel like they fostered that in us as kids. Like we didn't, I didn't grow up hiking. I didn't really grow up like going out on Lake Washington or doing that kind of stuff. Like truthfully, like when we went on vacation, we would like go to California. (laughs) You know, We went to California every year. So I didn't, I always grew up with this like appreciation for the beach. And I think that's why I ended up moving here to Wilmington because it was like a more affordable version of that. But I want my kids to be like, if I want my kids to like stay near us, right? Like I want to foster this love for North Carolina. Like this is, we have the mountains, we have beaches, we are just a drive to Nashville. If you want to like have a fun weekend there, we could drive in a day down to Disney World. You could drive in a day up to New York. Like you have so many cool things here. You know, why would you want to leave? Right. And like, it's not to say like, I want to like, but I want them to be like, man, my parents picked a really cool place for me to grow up. Like I'm, I would love to raise my kids here too. And it's, and it's not to say that this is for sure going to happen. I'm going to support them no matter where they decide to go. But like, you know, and, and I want to challenge myself to feel that way about this state too. Right. Cause I, I can get really negative about where I live. Cause it's like humid and there's bugs and there's hurricanes and you know it can feel a little swampy at times but like 
the truth is like once it's it's like June, July, August, gross. But like right now, like end of September, October, it's like it couldn't be more perfect, you know? And I just yeah, like I it's it's fantastic and I think there's more to the state that I can fall in love with and I want to yeah. So that's on my list. That's on my list is to like fall in love with where I live and really romanticize it. So I'm curious if any of you, you know, where you live, are you obsessed? Do you dream of living somewhere else? I do have this theory that like the grass is green where you water it and where you like, cause like you can find things wrong with everywhere you live. When I lived in Washington, like I had all these amazing things, right? Like I had like Washington nearby, which is like absolutely stunning. I had downtown Seattle, which was like this crazy cool city with so many things. I had the Seattle airport, which like you could get anywhere from and it would be like a direct flight, right? Like I had, um, the mountains there, amazing hikes that I would go on, like so many things that I was totally spoiled. But you know what I focused on? I focused on the crime, the traffic, the gray weather. You know what I mean? I didn't. And it's like, there's just going to be pros and cons like anywhere you live. So I really challenge you to try to like fall in love with where you live. And maybe that means you have to like design your life. So like Cameron, I keep talking to him. I'm like, I feel like part of why you hate it here is because in the summer you're forced to work outside building homes that don't have air conditioning yet. Right. So maybe if he could find a career path that like he could be, you know, working in air conditioned homes or whatever. Right. I don't know. I think that would help, but yeah, that's, that's what's on my mind right now. I want to, we're, you know, we're going to like, I, I've never been over there. We briefly stopped when we, so when we drove from like Seattle, Washington, all the way here to Wilmington, we stopped in like kind of near Asheville, North Carolina, but it was, it was like after a long day and we stayed an hour. Like I didn't see anything, you know, I remember thinking like as the sun was going down, like, wow, this is really pretty, but like, I wasn't taking it in and I'll tell you why, because we were driving the truck with the camper on the back. At this point, the air conditioning didn't work. Like the air conditioning gave out like, I don't know, back in like Kentucky. So we were so hot. It was like, it was August when we were driving, like the end of August, it was so freaking hot. We had three dogs in the car panting in our face. And it was like, we rolled out the windows. We tried, you know, we tried everything. It was like, it was so hot outside. It was like in the nineties. Right. So it was just brutal. And so, and then on top of it, like the truck could barely make it up these hills. And then when we were going downhill, it's like, we have the camper essentially pushing our truck forward. And it was like terrifying. It was like the most terrifying drive, nothing enjoyable about it. So like, I'm looking forward to finally going back and being in a more reasonable vehicle and having just like a more enjoyable trip as a family. So I need to figure out which vehicle we're taking. Are we going to take mine? Or are we going to take Cameron's? I don't know. So Cameron drives um, a pretty big truck. It's like a, it's like a Dodge Ram, but it has like a, a nice backseat. Like I can sit in the middle of the kids in the back seat and shove, you know what, in Casey's mouth for a second, if you know, that's going to like keep her chill or help her fall asleep or something. Um, but in my car, it's a little too, I, I can fit, but it's just like, it's pretty uncomfortable. So his truck is just really nice. And obviously we can fit a lot more in the bed of the truck and he has like a cover for it. Um, it's like when it's like a, like a hard cover for the back of his truck. I don't know. His truck is really nice. I'll admit it's really nice. And then I just drive like a little, like small SUV. It does the job guys. It does the job. I, 
I am not the girl that ever wants a really big suburban or anything like that. Like if I, if I had another child, which would be unplanned by the way, but if I had another child, I would be a minivan mom and, and totally fine with it. And my sole thing that I'd be looking at is like how long this is going to last me. Like I want it to last me a really long time and I want the best gas mileage possible. (laughs) This like, I, it's like, it's function, it's economics. Like those are the things that drive my decision. Not like how nice does this feel? You know, when I think about like how nice something feels, I'm like my bed. (laughs) I want my bed to feel nice. I want the sheets I put on my bed to feel nice. I want like the shoes I wear to be comfy, the clothes I wear to be comfy. Like, I don't know. I'm not like a, you know what I think is weird too? I'm not a purse girl. Are you a purse girl? You know what I've been using as a purse lately? For a long time, I did like a crossbody satchel. And my husband used to like be like, ah, oh, he looks like such a lesbian in that, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it just a more masculine look. I can understand it could be mistaken for a purse, right? Um, but then I moved into the little like crossbody bag, the or not the the one that's like the Lululemon. Uh, belt bag, belt bag, where people like tighten it and basically just wear it over their shoulder, but it's like across their chest. So I was into that for a while, but can I be real about how I felt about it? I felt like I was seeing a lot of millennial moms wearing it. It just felt like this trendy thing that just I just felt kind of felt dumb participating in. You know, I was like, is this even cute? Like, I I just don't think it's that cute. I don't know. So. So I've actually retired that. I don't know. I felt like some people looked cool wearing it, but I just wasn't one of them. You know, maybe I just like wasn't styling it right, wearing it with the right outfits. I don't know. So I just, I, I retired that and now I'm wearing a tote. I got this beach bag from Shein for like $6. I know I'm like a freaking, it's embarrassing how much I love that website, but I bought it specifically just because I needed a beach bag. And then it ended up being way too small to be a beach bag. You know how Shein is, right? It's like you order it and it's like, okay, this is actually useless. And then of course I got it and it was like one of the things I couldn't return, you know, because like sometimes they have certain sections of the store that you just can't return. You're like, oh man, that's okay. It's still a cute bag. I just like couldn't think of what to use it for. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to shove my belt bag in here. And you know what? This is amazing. I can throw a couple diapers and wipes in there. I can throw my Kindle in there. I can throw like... I see why women are carrying totes. It's really nice. I can fit my little baby carrier. Like I have a a ring sling and I throw that in there. So I don't know. I'm like a tote girl right now, which I haven't been a tote girl in years. I will say like I was wearing the crossbody like satchel that my husband made fun of me for. Indiana Jones. That's what he called me. Indiana Jones. My girlfriends would say like, it looked like you look like a lesbian. That's what it was. I was like, I know someone called me a lesbian, but I don't, it wasn't Cameron. No, Cameron called me Indiana Jones. Sorry, there we go. Um, and yeah, my friends did that out of concern that I was repelling men by wearing it. Okay, there we go. I knew I knew there was logic behind each of these like things that I was being made fun of. And yes, it does. It's giving Indiana Jones for sure. Um, but I haven't worn it in a long time because I'm a tote girl now. <sighs> okay, so let's talk about some just some stuff going on. So this week inside Hip Bodies, we are doing core and booty blast. So like this this morning we did like it was like a core cardio situation. It was more endurance on the legs and hypertrophy on the booty. So if you don't know what hypertrophy means, it's growing the size of a muscle. Okay. And so 
bodybuilders, have you ever noticed like a bodybuilder and a crossfitter? Like just Google them and like look at the difference. They look different, right? So it's all about rep ranges to kind of sculpt your muscles the way you want, right? So hypertrophy is is a bodybuilder's goal. Like someone who's like truly like only focused on bodybuilding, they're going to really stick in that hypertrophy rep range. They're going to be focused on like lower to uh to mid rep ranges. Like that 8 to 10 rep range is according to studies the sweet spot for maximizing hypertrophy, but like working in those lower rep ranges is going to help um build the strength to increase those numbers. Does that make sense? So that's why they they kind of hover in there that range. Now, someone who does uh, CrossFit, it's a lot of um, endurance. So that's why like a lot of them aren't necessarily going to be like big, big, right? Like a bodybuilder. So it's like more building the endurance of the muscle. And so you're still building the muscle. It's just not necessarily maximizing the hypertrophy that goes along with it. And none of this matters. Like we're not building a CrossFit body or a bodybuilder body <laughs> around here. We're building a strong body inside hip body. You know what I mean? Like we're just, we're just trying to look good, right? So for me, it's all about tight waistline, big booty. And for me, like when it comes to legs, it's like, I just want to like, I want to fill the, I want to have enough muscle so that I minimize the cellulite. Okay. These, I know these are shallow goals, but I'm allowed to be real with you. Okay. So with the waist, with the core, when I do core, it's a lot of times going to be more core cardio and endurance style exercises. So we're not increasing the size of your core. Okay. So that's why I do that that way. But the booty, we're going to stick with that eight to 10 rep range so that we can really build the size of the booty. Again, giving the illusion of that tighter waistline right? We're thinking like Coke bottle, hourglass, you know what I mean? So that's what this week of workouts is all about. It's super fun. If you go to hitbodies.com, um, you can still get signed up. It's amazing. If you ever have questions, if you're like not sure, like never hesitate to reach out and you can cancel at any time. It's not like a lifelong commitment here, right? Like you can check it out, see if it's a good fit. I really recommend, you know, if, if I do say so myself, I really recommend giving it three months. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to do three weeks and then you're going to get a case of the efforts. And then you're going to push yourself to get started again. And then that's when the magic really happens. Okay. It's after your first case of the efforts because you're going to get them. You're going to get them. You're a busy girl. Okay. When you can push through your first case of the efforts, that's when you're really going to see some serious progress. Okay. Okay. That's what's going on inside hip bodies. As far as like meals I'm loving right now, I just, I didn't have a strong week of cooking last week and I'm embarrassed by it. And the truth is I'm kind of at that point where I'm starting to get sick of low carb food. <laughs> it's feeling early, um, but I got, you know, a, a fresh round of recipes that I'm trying this week. If you're inside hip bodies, you got the email, you see what I'm making this week. But yeah, I'm like kind of over it, man. I'm kind of over like fathead pizzas and like stuff like that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if I can like re-spark my excitement. But the, the good news is I'm like definitely fat adapted because it's like freaking damn near noon and I'm still not hungry. But yeah, so that's what's going on with that. Um, let's get into unpopular opinions. I don't even know what else I was supposed to tell you, but unpopular opinions is what I'm going to finish this podcast on. So this is actually inspired from this girl that I've been seeing on TikTok. I think her name is Maddie. She has like the best takes on stuff, but (laughs) she had this one that just, yes. And it was people who refer to themselves as hyper. 
after the age of like, I don't know, being a, whenever you become an adult, it's like really weird to refer to yourself as hyper, isn't it? And I, you know, I, I can't, I can think of like a handful of people and they're not like people I necessarily know in real life. Like it's like, I don't know, people on the internet and stuff that refer to themselves that way. And it's just like, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that like, I don't know that I want to like hang out with you. Like it's just real. it's a weird thing to refer to yourself as hyper. Like you don't want to lay down and like just be lazy. That doesn't sound better than being hyper. <laughs> I don't know. Like as an adult, it's a very, very weird thing to do. And it, is this an unpopular opinion or is this like a normal take? I can't, I honestly don't know, but I was listening to her say this and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I do, I can think about like people who have done that and I'm just like immediately turned off. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're that. Okay. You have, do you also, do you, do they prefer other hyper people who identify as hyper? Is that how they, you know, it's weird. Um, so out there, I'm curious if any of you identify, I feel like if you listen to this podcast, there's no way you identify as hyper because I talk your ear off and like, you're just chilling, listening to it. You know what I mean? There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. I just like, can't understand a grown adult who does, who wouldn't prefer like lazy activities. There's something about like crossing over that threshold into adulthood where you just appreciate laziness more. But in my early 20s, I did like to move and grove. You know, like if I went out, I, I when did that when did that crossover happen where I no longer wanted to be dancing on the top of the bar and being the center of attention? I don't know when that changed for me. It was sometime around like 24, 25. That was like when it really shifted. But I was definitely like a lazy piece of garbage there for a minute. I don't know. I don't know. I have to really think about it. So I guess that's my, like, it's probably not unpopular. I actually feel like that is fairly popular because I think a lot of us are extremely lazy humans. And I feel like I attract other lazy humans. So we'll see. We'll see. But I love you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, I want you to know if you want to try my workouts, you can go to hitbodies.com slash three day slay. And you can try three of my workouts. And I just, I want you to know, like, I, the way, the best way to support the podcast is through sharing it, you know, sharing it with your friends. If you know someone who kind of needs a home workouts, encouraging them to check out Hit Bodies, it means the world to me. And I really appreciate your support and you listening. And it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I actually really enjoy recording this podcast and I look forward to many more fun episodes. And I, next week, you'll be able to hear an update from our trip to the mountains. Okay. So have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye.